Charlemagne the God here. I can't wait to see you at the Black Effect Podcast Festival coming to you live on Saturday, April 22nd at the Pullman Yards in Atlanta, hosted by myself and Jess Hilarious. If you haven't gotten your tickets, what are you waiting for? The Black Effect is bringing some of the hottest podcasts live, like the 85 South Show, Horrible Decisions, and Big Facts for one day only, okay? For inspiring podcasters, we've got you covered. If you don't want to miss the Black Effect Podcast Festival, make sure to get your tickets today at blackeffect.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently to save you time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dana Rue Roberts, an operations manager who finds joy in creating spreadsheets to compare different credit cards. I'm Mia Northrop, a researcher and writer, and I go weeks at a time without using cash. Is that the new normal? I think it is. This episode will help you understand if you actually need a credit card and how to decide if you've got the best one for you. Hello, and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. The average Australian credit card balance is just over three grand, according to comparison website Finder. And of that amount, about two thirds, that's $1,986, is the average amount accruing interest. Oh my gosh, that's so much money when you consider what the average rate is on a. Mm -hmm. About one third of our survey respondents feel like they are wasting money or things are out of control when it comes to credit cards. There are definitely tips and traps that can have you paying interest on purchases. So credit cards, when they were originally invented, they were a, you know, a cash flow tool, something you would use to buy if you didn't have the cash. But you know, over time, this has really changed and FPOS has made credit cards a convenient way to pay. And then since e-commerce has evolved, credit cards have become more and more of a necessity. And now that credit cards offer the convenience of contactless payment and paying for your purchases after an interest-free period rather than paying for them immediately, you know, they've become something that almost everyone seems to have. Yeah. I think what's important is that you require the right card for your spending habits and you need to understand how disciplined you can be in paying off the balance in full. There's plenty of people who often love to have credit cards and only buy something when they have the cash because they know that they would either be impulse buying or they would not be able to meet the the, the payments each month. So they might use a Visa debit card for the convenience of those electronic transactions without actually incurring debt. So this is really territory you want to wade into if you are confident that you can actually pay off the balance each month. Yeah, and I think that if you're if you know that you're one of those people who's going to pay the full balance each month, make sure you buy get a credit card that suits that, so a credit card mm. that has more interest-free days. But if you know that you're someone who actually does use the credit card as a source of credit to be able to pay for things you can't yet afford, you really need to think about making sure that you get a credit card that has a really low interest rate because credit cards are a really expensive way to borrow yeah. really well officially they are the second most expensive way to borrow after those dodgy payday lenders who you know like they're like akin to a pawn shop so you need to ask yourself can you afford the annual fee can you afford the full monthly payments are you likely to impulse purchase and how good is your credit score because if your credit score is wonky you do not want to be going into credit card land where you might be damaging it even further And you can check your credit score for free. There's a few different services that offer that, and we'll link to that in the show notes. 
So I had a look at the CanStar comparison website, which does a pretty good job of describing the different types of cards out there and presenting the options in the market. And they make the point that, you know, there's different types of credit cards for different types of spending habits. So what's ideal for one person can be a disaster for someone else. So the first type of credit cards, your most basic, they're the low rate cards. These have low interest rates and they're good if you don't always pay the balance off in full and you probably won't be just be paying the minimum repayment instead. And then the next type are the low fee or low annual fee cards. They're suitable if you don't use your credit card very often and you're not interested in reward schemes. Then you have all the credit cards that offer rewards. So these usually have high interest rates, but they might offer points for cash back or give you vouchers, or you can use the points on merchandise. And these will suit people who are paying that total balance off each month, because that's the way that you avoid paying the high interest rates. And the next type, I guess, are a different type of reward card. Um, They're the ones that are linked to the frequent flyer programs. And these are credit cards where you can redeem the points for flights. And often you get particularly more points if you're using the cards to purchase travel-related items. These are also more suitable for people who pay their full balance each month, but also you also need to be a member of the relevant frequent flyer program. And then the last category is sort of that premium category where you get all the bells and whistles with the travel insurance, you get inconvenience cover and price protection and purchase protection, you might get extended warranty cover. And again, these have usually the highest annual fees into the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. They'll have high interest rates. So you really want to be paying the closing balance off in full each month. So if you decide you really want to have a credit card, it's really can feel a bit overwhelming to decide what kind of of card you need. So the first step, which we've already alluded to, is you really need to know yourself and know your spending habits. But I think it goes a little bit further than that. You really need to know how much effort you're willing to go to to get some of these rewards and how mindful you'll be of some of the the trips and and traps that you might fall into and also how much complexity you want to add. So in the past, I used to be a really frequent switcher of credit cards, but the reality is that there's quite a lot of work involved in changing direct debits, in doing the research and in making the switch. And if you don't have your credit card with the same bank that you have your current banking arrangements with, that also just makes it a little bit trickier to make payments and things. So you really need to think about, you know, how much effort you're willing to go to for some of these perks before you get started. Yeah. So if you are interested in comparing, there's a few things you need to think about. First of all, decide which network you want to be with, Visa or American Express or MasterCard or Diners. I I just find it fascinating that MasterCard and Diners still exist and I as have been someone who has had an American Express card in the past, the number of places that don't accept it or charge additional surcharge fees. I've just I find the whole network competitive play just very curious about how they all still survive. Anyway, decide which one you want to go with. What are you going to compare? You're going to compare the interest rate. Often there'll be a promotional period where they're going to try and lure you across and offer you a low interest rate for a certain stretch of time, and then there'll be a standard interest rate. You need to compare the annual fees. And again, sometimes the first year will be a lower rate or might even be free. And then what the subsequent annual fees for other years you need to take into consideration. 
you need to compare the credit limit that they're going to give you. There might be a minimum credit limit uh, up to a maximum. And then if you're going to be transferring the balance of your current credit card to this new credit card, there might be a special interest rate for that transfer. But I think that what, certainly in my experience, the thing that most people are comparing is the benefits and yeah. in particular the frequent flyer and the rewards points are what seem mm-hmm. to you know, drive people to switch mm-hmm. from one credit card to another. And certainly that's what drove me in the past to switch, particularly when you sign on for a new credit card, there's often yeah. a whole bunch of bonus points, points. The bonus points that you can get at the start. I think this is where if you really want to optimise it, sadly there is no nothing better than a good old spreadsheet because usually there's very specific rules about, you know, how many points you can get in any month, whether you get points for some purchases. So some credit cards don't give you points for, you know, utility bills, for example, or for tax office payments or things like that. Mm. Um, And as Mm. well as then if you get some big sign-on points in the first year, and I think this is something that I fell into the trap of in the past is, you know, you might pay a really high annual fee, but they might waive it for the first year. And then all of a sudden that year rolls around and all of a sudden you're paying this big annual fee and it's actually not worth it, but you can't get Mm -hmm. a refund once you get past that. You know, once you've paid the fee, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're right in that a lot of people do start to focus on the benefits when they're comparing. They can be pretty alluring. And when I was researching this, I did actually end up applying for a new credit card because I realized mine was one of those out-of-market offers. I've had it for several years. They don't offer what it's called anymore. And there are a lot better deals out there. So I was looking at the frequent flyer points and the travel insurance and the purchase protection. One of the things I've always been kind of intrigued by was those concierge services where you get access to tickets and things, which I always think, oh, that'll be so cool, you know, exclusive releases. I have never once taken advantage of that. I've gone in there. I've signed up for whatever they are. I have never once purchased tickets to anything that way. So you need to know which of the features and benefits are actually going to make a difference to your life. For me, it was all about the frequent flyer points because I knew mine were capped at a certain monthly limit. And for a while, that wasn't a big deal because we wouldn't often spend more than that monthly limit. But then our spending you know, was is often double or triple the amount that is eligible for rewards points. So that's what that was my big trigger for wanting to leave. I think actually, interestingly, Mia, I think there's lots of parallels here with private health insurance and utilities and is that, you know, once you're on these credit cards, uh, you kind of have that set and forget mentality and you don't think yeah. to go back to review it. And often mm-hmm. they do, they de-scope the scheme. They might actually change the rules and you probably get a letter, but if you don't pay attention at the time and and all of a sudden you can actually be paying an annual fee for a card that's actually not that good anymore. And I think yeah. that if you are paying an annual fee, it is worth putting a reminder in your calendar, you know, a month or so before the annual mm-hmm. fee is going to get um, taken out of your card to have a quick look, even if it's five or ten minutes, to think yeah. about whether you want to stay with that card. And you can even just ring the bank, just like we've talked about with home loans. Yep. Just ring the bank and say, oh, I think that, you know, I don't What can you do for that. me? annual fee and sometimes they'll just waive the annual fee so it's really worth that that call and if you know you're paying a two or three hundred dollar a year annual fee on your credit card it's definitely worth five or ten minutes on the phone call on the phone absolutely 
If anyone listening has a credit card that they've had for more than two years, I would recommend that at the minimum they call their current provider and just say, you know, this is what I've got. Is there something better you can do for me? But if you are more curious about optimizing, it's worth spending the time to research. And I literally just jumped on the CanStar website and did it that way. I have had my card, as I mentioned, for several years and I was yeah, shocked at how few points we could be getting. I um, know that, you know, banks change their card offers regularly and that my card was no longer promoted. So I jumped online and I ended up applying for a, a different Qantas rewards card. It gets bonus points for moving across, like substan- like 80,000 bonus points, which is a whole bunch of flights. That's actually, you know, I can actually book some flights with that. It's got a lower annual fee. It has a lower interest rate. It has uncapped points. It has the same kinds of travel insurances. You get lounge access a couple of times a year. They throw in some birthday rewards. So it was kind of a no-brainer for for me to just move across without having to feel like I had to research every single credit card in the market because once I saw that the interest rate and the annual fees were lower but I'm getting uncapped points and I'm getting bonus points, it was kind of like, oh, let's just shift it. Yeah, and I think you can make those really quick decisions or you can spend a lot of time trying to analyse exactly. And I know there's a bunch of people who spend a lot of time trying mm. to absolutely maximise their points. And I, I definitely used to be that person, whereas more recently when we changed our home loan, I made the decision to try and simplify our banking, including our credit cards. And so I used moved our credit card to the same bank where we have our home loan and we don't Mm. get frequent fly points. We actually get just e-points and I um, regularly use those points to buy Woolworths vouchers and I use them to buy my groceries every, you know, every couple of months I get a $500 Woolworths voucher. And for me that means I can fly with whichever airline provides the best deal. We're increasingly using, you know, the discount airlines and so it means that I don't sort of feel locked into Qantas or to Virgin. I feel Mm. like I can, you know, choose whichever airline is giving us the best deal. A $500 voucher for Woolworths is really substantial. That's great. And and you actually even get 5% off the voucher when you buy it through the bank. So it's something I know that we will use. Even though I'm sure we would use the frequent flyer points, I feel like I'm getting real value immediately on something that, you know, I'm not tempted to go on a a weekend away simply because I've got frequent flyer points. I'm, you know, Mm. using it for something we actually need. Yeah, that's great. The, I guess the one hassle that I'm not looking forward to that'll be part of this process is updating all my direct debits. Yeah, and I think that's it's worth thinking about when you might want to change cards because the reality is you have to change those direct debits when your card expires usually. So mm. if you want to think about when's a good time to switch credit cards, it's worth adding a reminder into your calendar a couple of months before your credit card is going to expire because the reality is you're going to have to do it anyway. So mm. why not get a better credit card at the same time? Nice idea. How do you feel about automatic credit card payments where you set up a direct debit to pay off the credit card in full each month? I actually think it's just a, a must-have is my personal opinion. I do think that if you're kind of finally balancing your accounts, 
that you probably also need to put some sort of reminder system in so that you know it's going to happen in case you need to do some some transfers. But I Mm. definitely don't think you ever want to be paying the high interest rates that you would pay on a credit card. And I think one of the things that people don't realise is that if in most credit cards, and I'm sure there's some variations, but in Mm. most of them, if you don't pay the full balance by the due date, you start to accrue interest And the only way you can then stop that interest being accrued is to pay the entire card off, not Mm -hmm. the amount that was due on the last statement. So you have to completely clear the debt and get it to zero and then they'll stop charging you interest. I didn't know that. It's very easy to get into a cycle of you miss the payment by one day and then all of a sudden you're paying interest for several months before you actually realise that that's the problem. Huh, I didn't know that. I thought if you paid a day late you know, and you paid the the statement balance, then you wouldn't, you know, you'd only be accruing interest for one day on that on that no, no, statement actually, balance, not the whole outstanding amount. I actually mm. had a dispute with the bank once when I didn't have a direct debit set up and I short paid by five cents and then they oh. started charging me interest on the full balance and it was only several months later that I looked closely enough at the statement to see the interest And uh, when I rang them up, they said, well, you didn't pay the full balance. And so therefore, interest becomes due on the entire balance ongoing. So yeah, really be be mindful of that. Yeah. I've always manually paid my credit card because I like to go through the statement and read everything and make sure everything's legit. In the, how old am I now? The 20 five, say, years that I've had a credit card, I've maybe had no more than five disputes and usually it's just a misunderstanding with my partner about a transaction. So I think going forward I will actually be setting up these automatic credit card payments. You know, you still get sent the statement. It'll still be a trigger to go and check it, but I don't have to be remembering to do that, you know, and yet another internet banking transfer to, to pay it. More automation would be great. Yeah, and I think that, you know, with internet banking, you can be looking at your credit card transactions whenever you want. Yeah. So I do yeah. think that, you know, sort of waiting till the statement comes is, is probably not ideal because, as you say, you sort of forget because by the time the statement comes, you're looking at transactions more than a month ago. So it's much mm. better to be kind of keeping an eye on transactions as you go rather than waiting till the statement comes. Yeah, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, have it, you know, my partner and I, we're not outlandish spenders. It's very rarely something on there that's not blindingly obvious. It's it's actually quite depressing when you look at it. It's just petrol, supermarket, the occasional meal, some clothes purchase for a kid, all the random direct debits that come out for utilities. It's, um, yeah, usually not, not that hard to decipher. All right, so hopefully there are some ideas there for people who want to think about their credit cards. You've got some criteria there about the features that you need to compare, I recommend going to somewhere like the CanStar website. Choice also looks at credit cards and compares the different kinds of rewards to see whether it's worthwhile. But again, it's one of those things where you don't want to boil the ocean. Don't feel like you have to compare every single credit card in the market. If you literally find something that's got a better interest rate, annual fee, and does what it needs to do for you for points or awards or any other bells and whistles, make the switch. Okay, Dinah, do you have a life admin hire of the week for us? I do. So when we talked about um, setting up 
we had an episode talking about setting up uh, screen time for our kids to better manage their digital security. I had set up screen time for my son on his school iPad um, and recently he couldn't find it anywhere and he was sure that it was because either his father or myself or his sister had moved the iPad. Outright. He was sure that we were the one. And so I was like, no, never fear. I will use the Find My iPhone app to find your iPad. But what I didn't actually realize was that because I'd locked down location services in his screen time, I mm. couldn't actually use the Find My iPhone to find his iPad. And so for one minute, I had the fear that I was never going to find this iPad again. But because I had his password saved in my password manager, I could actually still log into his iCloud and both add a message on his iPad that said, this is, you know, this person's iPad, please give it back to him. But I could also see that it was actually in the school somewhere. And so we could very clearly clear up this problem, which if I'd forgotten what his iCloud password was, I would never have been able to do. So five minutes, problem averted, and iPad safely returned to him the next day at school. Oh, fabulous. Crisis crisis over. So do they have iPads at school? Like all the kids have to have iPads? Yeah, all the kids from grades three to six have to have their own iPad. The personal iPad. And this is a state school. A state school, yep. That's a whole other episode that's got nothing to do with that. I mean, let's not go there, but outrage. That sounds really stressful. That's And it's funny because my husband has lost his, well, our family iPad. He hid it somewhere when we went on holiday as part of his home security measures, very high valuable things. And now he doesn't remember where he hid it and we can't find it. And because the battery died, we we're never we can't use the Find My iPhone app. It'll just turn up wedged behind a bookcase when we move house or something. Probably, yes. Uh, more outrage. My life admin high of the week also has to do with my child. My daughter's playing netball. She's in a new team with a new coach. The coach has created his own website that has the details for every match, with the date, the time, the player roster, who's captain, who needs to bring the oranges, who's going to be in the goals and needs to practice goal shooting. It is just an organizational marvel to behold. He sends, he set up a WhatsApp group. He sends these little messages about the weather forecast for training and the weather forecast for the game and all of the arrangements. And it is just an organizational dream. That is so next level. Is this this like a professional coach that you're paying? No, he's like a dad at the school. I think it must be a developer. So he's made this little website and come up with his own little app. I hope that he's trying to sell this to people because it's amazing, I think, for himself in terms of the planning for the season and for the parents. And I just... Oh, it's just, it's just a pleasure. It's like a little organisational nerd, process nerd. I, I think it's going to be more fantastic. Diana, do you have a, lo- a life admin low of the week? I do. I've got another one related to children. I think we maybe need to put a ban on highs and lows related to children. But my daughter's started at a new school and so with a new school comes a new app oh. and the <laughs> app is Really useful. It's got lots of great things about it, but it has one. It's like a parent communication app. Yeah, and it's also the kids use it as well. So they have access to their own version of the app where the teachers set homework and things. And as a parent, I can actually see what their homework is and things like that, which is Mm. really helpful. 
but they've got this I feel a butt coming on. Really terrible feature that they have messages and notifications and most of the information appears in both places. And so and you get notified when there's a message or a notification. And then it, there's oh. duplication of content and then it's really unclear what you have and haven't read and it's incredibly frustrating because there are a lot of messages, a lot, a lot of messages. So um, it's just a really bad user experience. So very our, frustrating. Uh, our school has a parent communication app as well and it is also a, an abysmal user experience. I'm not sure how these people sell these apps to these schools. But, uh, yeah, that sounds like a drag. It is. But I guess it's digital. At least there's fewer trees being chopped down, bits of paper floating around. This is very true. And, I mean, it's definitely better than trying to manage, you know, 27 forms for mm. filling in permission slips. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not, you know, user experience design is a thing. It could be beautiful. How about a power tool? I think you were telling me about this awesome podcast you've been listening to lately. Yeah, and I've, I've listened to a couple of the series, but actually the podcast is called The Pineapple Project. And Series 3 by Claire Hooper has a whole bunch, is the theme of the whole series is tidy. And they've got a couple of really great episodes relevant to, to life admin, including one around tidying up your paperwork, some really great tips in there, really short, accessible episodes, sort of 15 to 20 minutes, quite lighthearted. Mm. I really encourage you, if you're looking for a new podcast, to try that one. So that's an ABC podcast, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really like Claire Hooper. She's very funny. Yeah, no, it's a really, it's a fun approach to something that can be quite, you know, can be a bit dull and dry. <laughs> All right, so we hope that this episode on credit cards has presented some hacks that will be useful for you. We suggest that at the minimum you call your current credit card provider if you have a credit card and ask them what better deal should you be on. Make sure if you're going to compare alternative cards that you know yourself and get the right card for you. Think about how you've been using yours in the past and what you need for the future. Diarize when your credit card is set to expire and then plan to make your changes in the months leading up since you'll possibly need to be making new direct debit arrangements anyway. If you'd like to join us on our Life Admin journey, please head to our Facebook page, Life Admin Life Hacks, to follow us and share your thoughts on what we're doing. And feel free to post any comments or certainly post suggestions that we might be able to use. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. If you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app.